0: You're listening to a North Valley Community Church podcast. For more information and resources, visit us online at northvalleychurch.org.
1: You guys can grab a seat. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning and the time together uh, as we worship uh, through music. And and now as we open uh, your word and continue on in our worship service this morning, we invite you, Holy Spirit, to minister to us and through us. And thank you for all that you've done in our lives Uh, in Christ's name. Everybody said, amen. Hey guys, my name is Ryan. Uh, For those of you that are new, glad that you are joining us. I see some new faces here. It's the holiday season at North Valley, church plant five years old, and we're excited to really do Christmas together. I know for a lot of you, it might be the first Christmas uh, uh, celebrating that in in a church, maybe even as a new Christian. We've had so many new people come to our church in and um, as we kicked off our grand opening this fall, and we're excited about all that God's doing, and it'll be a, a great time. We're doing things a little bit different on Christmas Eve. We're actually doing three different services. It's 10.30 a.m., uh, 2 p.m., and then 3.30. And uh, last week, I encouraged you guys, if you would uh, think of a family member, a friend, coworker, uh, to invite somebody uh, to, to the service uh, to do that. And there's little invite cards right in front of you on your chair. I encourage you to pull those out and uh, grab one or two of those and stick them in your pocket and just invite whoever uh, comes across your way. It was really cool. I was at a basketball game uh, at Norterra Canyon for my uh, daughter. She's a cheer, she just made the cheer team. She's pumped. And so we go and we cheer, you know, for the cheerleaders. So, and uh, if I'm not looking and she's, you know, she's 12 years old, if I'm not looking at her when she does a cheer thing, I'm in trouble. So I got to like, I'm on the cheer team, you know, like watching the cheer team. Uh, Sam, my son, decided to, to be a, a good uh, uh, you know, fan support, so he uh, mistakenly uh, volunteered himself to be the school mascot. So I'll show you a picture. Um, you, you, I don't know if you can see this or not. We'll pull it up. There he is. He's a pirate. Uh, that was just, yeah, we can celebrate. That's funny. Uh, it was really funny. He, uh, he, he said, that'll be my first and last time to do that, Dad. He said, it's stinky, it's hot, and uh, I, my neck is like cranked from looking that, through the mouth of that big costume. It was built for a much bigger guy than my little boy. Um, but at the basketball game, it was really fun. I was sitting there, and a number of teachers and administrators uh, within Deer Valley Unified School District go to the church, and it was like I was in North Valley section, and um, one, of the, one of the kids, of the teacher that goes to our church I heard her talking to her mom and she said, mom, mom, you'll never guess what. I saw, I saw Dr. Finch. He goes to our church. And I said, this guy goes to my church. Everybody, this guy goes to my church. And then she said, well, I'm glad you're excited about that. You ought to invite Ryan over here to church. And she looked at me and she goes, you need to come to my church. <laughs> and I said, okay, when? And she said, Christmas Eve. And I said, I'll be there all three services. <laughs> so I mean, I got invited by like a 10-year-old. It was awesome. And then the whole time she's like, he's coming to my church. He's coming to my church. So I can't wait to, 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 to reconnect with her and show her. I want to encourage you to invite a friend to do that. That was the first time I was invited to my own church. Uh, that's good for me though. That's good. Um, there's also a book we want to give out to any of you uh, that make a year-end gift. If you're new here, don't feel obligated to give anything. We're just glad that you're here. Uh, but this is a devotional guide that we've got in our guest services, Ramada, and it's just our way of saying thank you uh, for giving towards North Valley towards the year end. It's a great uh, devotional guide. As well, we've got the content of this uh, little devotional guide free on our website and through you version uh, for those of you that want to access that during our teaching series in uh, the Gospel of Luke. Well, this morning, what I want to do is I want to um, just slow things down a bit and just Uh, address an issue that's in our culture in the area of anxiety and worship. And this morning, we're going to look at Mary's life and how she's uh, confronted with some incredible circumstances. She's pregnant with the Son of God that an angel sent from God visited her, told her that she was going to have a baby. He would be called the Son of the Most High. And now she's faced with this dilemma how to explain a pregnancy when she's a teenager uh, to a small little rural town community called Nazareth. And she's going to have to explain that. She has an option to make. She can worry, stress, and be anxious, or she can worship. This morning, I'm going to advocate that, um, you know, that we've got an issue in our culture. A lot of people are worried today. Many of you came in today with some significant worry, fears, doubts, and you're anxious. Some of you might be wondering about finances. Some of you are wondering about unemployment or your parents or your spouse or your children. You're worried, worried, worried. Um, as, a, as a parent, you can get worried really fast and you'll do anything sometimes um, to, 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 to alleviate that worry. Just the other day, uh, Maya was, um, she was she, she's a six-year-old little kid. If you're a parent of toddlers, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. Uh, it, you need extra support, you know, and um, nothing stresses me out more than probably screaming, uh, yelling children, especially in my household's. For some of you, it's going to the grocery store, it's rush hour traffic, it's nonstop phone, maybe it's chronic illness or pain, but for me, one of the things that stresses me out the most is screaming children. And uh, the other morning we wake up, it's uh, last week, and the school had a a breakfast with Santa. And uh, Maya was really upset because we told her, I'm sorry, we we didn't make it on the school bus in time or we didn't get to the school on time, so you're not going to have breakfast with Santa and it was like World, World War Three in our household just blew up. And so I'm the, I'm the parent that wants to alleviate the stress and the anxiety and in the, in the drama. So I just said, you know what? I got an idea. I remember somebody had donated a Santa Claus outfit to us. So I said, I went to the back room, and I, and I came out, and I said, you're having breakfast with Santa this morning. <laughs> ho, ho, ho. Oh. That was Santa Claus. And my 12-year-old boy said, oh, that's great, Dad. That's funny. And I said, it's going to be even better, Sam, my 12-year-old boy. I said, Santa's going to the bus stop with you guys. <laughs> so I'll show you a picture. And, and I'm like cross-training right now for snowboarding. So I, I was skateboarding Santa to the, to the bus stop. And uh, Maya was loving it. Yeah! Sam's like, I don't know him. I don't know him. I don't know him. Uh, I want to encourage you to value fun. Uh, our Our values of our family and the church is faith, family, friends, and fun. Um, It's incredibly important um, as we look at the scriptures to realize that anxiety can wear you out. Stress can wear you out. There's physical effects. Um, I've struggled with anxiety my whole life. Um, It started when I was in college and it intensified. Um, I would really uh, almost have, have panic attacks. Have you ever had a panic attack? It feels like you're having a heart attack. Uh, when I was taking exams and under a lot of pressure and then in seminary, the same thing happened. I'd have sleepless nights and it's really annoying because my wife, like she trusts the Lord and she wor—she doesn't worry a whole lot and she goes to bed and she's like, she, she's out and I'm like worried about things. I have to sleep beside, with a pad beside my bed, try to write things down to get it off my mind. She's like, you just shouldn't worry so much. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> but, how many of you guys worry words? you know? Got a lot of worry warts. Some of you are worried that I'm talking about worry right now. <laughs> um, and anxiety, it's a real deal. Um, anxiety can rob you of your spiritual joy, your emotional well-being, your physical well-being. So my question to you is this morning, Is how, how are you dealing with that? You, do you binge Netflix uh, episodes? Do you watch Amazon Prime till your eyes are bloodshot red and then it's three in the morning? Do you turn to alcohol? Do you turn to porn? Do you turn to prescription pills or drugs? And then to revive yourself, you're on heavy doses of caffeine and energy drinks all through the day. That's the culture we live in. That's the status we're at. By God's grace, I can say, man, I'm sleeping like eight hours a night now. I'm sleeping like a baby. I'm not on any prescription medications to get me to sleep. It's God's grace. Now, I'm going to tell you this morning as we're walking through this issue about worrying and worship, I'm a person just like you in progress. I got real, real struggles, and we're going to see Mary does too and that she is an example of worship. She's not one to be worshiped. She's an example of choosing in faith to worship in the midst of worry. Study, studies show, um, have found that singing actually relieves anxiety, contributes to the quality of life. Group singing has been significantly proven to lower stress, relieve anxiety, and elevate endorphins. Um, I'm telling you now, so sing and it'll do you well. Singing in the Bible is a big deal. What do I mean by singing? I mean worshiping is what I mean. Worship is the activity of bringing glory to God with our voices and our hearts. Worship is a universal language. You can go overseas, you can go local missions, global missions. Worship is this universal language that we incorporate in. The Bible says that the angels and the multitudes in heaven sing and rejoice when a, some, somebody turns from their sin and trusts the Savior. There's this singing that goes on. It's an end picture uh, view of when we get to heaven, there'll be incredible amounts of worship. This afternoon, there's a Cardinal Stadium game. And by the way, we are a very welcoming church. I mean, we have Seahawk fans here today. Uh, and, and, here, and here's the deal. When you're in that stadium, I love being in that stadium. It comes alive. You feel the power and the energy of the people all together cheering. But yeah, Let me tell you something, that's the, that's the end game picture of what God's going for. There'll be a nation upon nation worshiping Jesus Christ as the ultimate king. And here what we see this morning is that worship is something, It's a it's, Bible contains over 400 references to singing. That's singing, 50 direct commands to sing. I mean, the word hallelujah, you've heard that before. Some of you that are new to church, you're like, what does hallelujah mean? Hallelujah literally means it's kind of, uh, it's a play on Hebrew words put together, and it means to brag about God or to honor or admire Him. That's what hallelujah means. Why do we worship? We worship to awaken the soul to God's presence. When we're worshiping, it's kind of like a fog lifts. You've been there before? That's why we put worship songs on the front end of the service. It, It awakens the soul. And by the soul, I mean the center, the sum, and the entire being of who you are. Worship assures us that we're better together, that we're stronger together. I mean, when you watch the Cardinals game from home, I mean, it's great. And you do like a, a touchdown dance in front of the TV. But then when you're at the stadium, you see these guys painted up like Cardinals. There's, an, a, there's this a power together as people. And there's over 50 direct commands to worship and sing corporately together. Worship also advances ministry and missions What we're going to see this morning is that God's going to use worship to help Mary get through all the worry. It will advance her ministry and her mission to raise Jesus. So let's look together. Let me read aloud in verse 46. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed, For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in their thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones, exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of all his mercy as he spoke to our fathers of Abraham and to his offspring forever. What we're going to look at is we're going to look at seven different attributes of who Jesus is. Uh, Mary is going to give us incredible what I call Christology, a Christ-centered view of who Jesus is and why and who we worship. Jesus is the object of our worship. Number one, we see that we worship Jesus as Lord, and that's exactly what Mary does. She says, and Mary said, my soul Magnifies the Lord. By by the Lord, the phrase "the Lord" means the one who owns, who rules, who masters. She understands that He's truly the Lord, the long-awaited Messiah, and she says, "My soul magnifies." That's the soul is the center of the psalm of one's being. It's internal. You're to steward your soul. Your soul care is really up to you. She says, "My soul magnifies." By magnify, there's two ways to think about magnification. You think of a microscope. It takes something that's incredibly small and it makes it bigger than it is so you can understand it. That's not the kind of magnification Mary's doing here. God is not small. He's incredibly big, large. There's another kind of magnification, the kind that Mary's doing. She says, my soul magnifies the Lord. It's telescopic. It takes something that's really big, such as the moon, and it takes it, even though it's far away and it looks small, you know it's incredibly large. And you can look at it, and it shows just how big it really is. Mary is magnifying the Lord. She needs to see Him in His totality. I think the challenge is, is sometimes we don't don't magnify the Lord because we're blinded by our own problems. When problems come, it's like we're blinded by our problems. If I was to walk outside here in the courtyard and look up at the sun, I could block the view of the sun with my Bible like this, and I couldn't even see the sun in front of me. Just by looking like this, I couldn't see the sun. Oftentimes what happens is we can't magnify the Lord. We can't see how good God is because we're blinded by our problems. But when we magnify the Lord, our problems start to be minimized. Mary is confident that God is in control of the situation. She's pregnant with child. As you approach the Christmas season and any uh, challenge, worry, anxiousness that you face, magnify the Lord. See Him for who He really is. She says, "My soul magnifies the Lord. We can worship Jesus as well because He is the Savior. Mary, look what she says. She says in verse 47, "And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior." She calls him Savior. Um, It's personal. She says the word, my Savior. It's not the Savior. She says it's my Savior. Furthering on, she says in verse 48, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. Anybody that needs a Savior is admitting that they need saving. Does that make sense? If you say, I need a Savior, what you're saying is you're in a desperate place of need. Let me correct some, uh, I would say some erroneous theology that has uh, kind of been propagated through the Catholic church throughout the years. I've got Catholic friends I love, uh, but there's some disagreements and some differences. One of them is on the immaculate conception. The idea that Mary was born without any sin. The idea that Mary, when she was born, she was without any sin and that she was born completely perfect. Mary... If she was born completely perfect, let me tell you something, she doesn't need a savior. Here she says, my spirit rejoices in God, my savior. Then she furthers it and says, here's why I have a humble estate. What does that mean? At least it would mean economically or socially, she's of a lower status. But it absolutely does mean at the same time that there's a spiritual need. She's humble. She knows she's not perfect. And she says, this is my Savior. This isn't just the Savior. I'm in need. Mary is not the object to worship. You don't need to pray to Mary. You pray to Jesus. She's not the object of worship. She's the example in worship. Amen? She's the example for us. Mary here says that he is the Savior. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. He's looked upon the humble estate of his servant. And then continuing on in verse 48, she says, for behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. Um, what she's not saying is that she is this eternal dispensary of grace and blessing, and you got to go to Mary to get blessing and graces. She's just saying, I'm blessed. Hashtag blessed. That's a very popular uh, social media tag right now. Hashtag blessed. Uh, Mary's blessed because she realizes that she's in need of a Savior, just like you and me, and there is one. His name is Jesus. Verse 49, she says, for He has, who is mighty has done great things. You know, when you're down in uh, doubt, discouragement, depression, my encouragement is for you to remember the great things that God has done. She says, past tense, He has done. Instead of worry, she worships. You can worship through your worry. You're human, H U M A N. You will always struggle with some level of worry, concern, anxiety, stress. But you have an option to choose, but you worship through it. She looks back and she says, He's done great things. She was surprised by the angel felt very special and privileged that it received such an angelic announcement, extraordinary, supernatural, sent by God. Gabriel came to her. She realizes God's been good. He's, she, he has provided a great husband, Joseph. She's got great relatives, Zechariah and Elizabeth. And the greatest news of all is that she's been chosen out of all the girls in the whole world at this time to be the mother of the Son of God. That's a big responsibility. Jesus is... Lord, Jesus is Savior. He saves people, and He's worthy of worship. Why? Because He's perfect. He's without sin. Mary highlights that by saying, holy is His name. The phrase holy means, in this context right here, it means completely pure, divine, without any sin, no error. You can worship Jesus alone because He's completely perfect, without any sin. You, me, were imperfect people. We're not worthy of worship. Jesus is perfect. Never sinned without sin. Here's what uh, the, uh, verse John 3, 5 says. You know that he appeared, that is Jesus, in order to take away sins. And in him, there is no sin. Mary compares and contrasts her life to his life. She's humble. He is holy. Jesus is Not only uh, to demonstrate a perfection, he is sinless, but Jesus is the one who saves. We see in verse 50 and his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. This is a saving power of mercy from generation to generation that God saves people. And it's incredibly important to realize that our God saves. Those who are lost, if we are without a relationship with Jesus Christ, the Bible says that our condition is lost. In a, we've been led astray, that each and every single one of us, we need a Savior. And Jesus saves, and she says, from generation to generation, His mercy is for those who all fear Him, that is to revere Him, to trust in Him. This is what the Apostle Paul said about the ministry of Jesus, why he came. He says, this is a trustworthy saying and deserving full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. That's why Jesus came, to bring salvation. We can be saved by simply admitting that Jesus Christ is is Lord, acknowledging our sin, believing that he forgives us of our sin, and confessing him as Lord. During the Christmas Eve time, you know, 80% of the people that are without a church home would actually say yes to an invitation if you invited them. And they would show up. And a lot of people um, during the holiday season are asking the question maybe some of you are too. Who just really is Jesus? What I love about Mary is it's so personal to her, her faith. It's my Savior, it's my Lord. That's the invitation that God gives every single one of us is a personal relationship with Him that brings us eternal salvation. Jesus is worthy of worship and we worship Jesus because He's omnipotent. That means all-powerful. Look what she says. She gives the illustration of His his strength. She says in verse 51, For He has shown strength with His arm. That imagery is that uh, God is reaching down that God is intervening, that he is strong, that he reaches down like a a drowning person, going to be without any hope unless there's a rescue. Years ago, I served as a whitewater rafting guide in Colorado, and one of my responsibilities was navigating uh, uh, youth and adults down the river, um, in the Arkansas River, class three, and class four, whitewater. Uh, One time, I actually did get the chance to save a guy's life, uh, very likely, and uh, he didn't even tip me. I mean, he didn't even tip me. I saved his life. He didn't even give me a tip. Uh, if you know that kind of industry, like, you really depend on tips. Like, you think waitresses depend on tips. Go try to be a river guide. Um, so, I saved this guy's life. He's about to fall out. He's, he's falling down into what was called widow maker, and he was going to get grinded by meat grinder, and uh, the name of the rapid in this section on the Arkansas River Browns Canyon. And he f- was falling over. And his head was about to get hit. And it was intuitive. I've been trained. So I grabbed him. And the way to do it on a rescue on, in whitewater, there's such a buoyancy in those class three whitewater vests. I had him. He's about 200-pound guy. And I took him. And I said, let me, I said, let me help you. So I grabbed him. And he's trying to pull himself up. That's the natural instinct. But he's too heavy. I can't pull him up. So I take him and I push him underwater. And I just, heard, I just saw him screaming. Push him underwater. And then I pull him up. And his buoyancy just flopped him in. I felt like Superman for a moment. And the guy's like, you saved my life. Strong arm. No, I didn't really. I mean, sure, maybe I did. I don't know. But I get that imagery with God. That's how God works. You're dead in the water. He's worthy of worship because he's all powerful. He'll save you. He rescues. He redeems. He reaches down. We don't climb some stairway to heaven. We don't ascend the holy hill. If you were to die today and then you're sitting there at the gates of heaven and somebody asks you, how do you get in? Well, you start working through all the works. I did a lot of good things. You don't have to climb that holy hill. Jesus did it all. The, the good news about Christianity is that Jesus is all-powerful. He is the Savior. He rescues you. There's no holy hill to assign, ascend. Jesus did it. Perfection in His humanity. He demonstrated that. He's all-powerful. There, there's no uh, level of good deeds that you have to do. God has done it for us. He reaches down. Salvation is about His initiative. And we respond. That's why it's wonderful to worship because of His power of who He is. Verse 52, He has brought down, or He has scattered the proud in their thoughts. You see, the, the proud don't need an all-powerful Savior because they are all-powerful. He says, she says, He has scattered the proud in their thoughts, in their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones, and exalted those of humble estate. Jesus is the king. She understands that. He rules over all people and all places and all times and all generations, all all politicians, all nations, all kingdoms. Jesus rules over kings and queens and presidents and holds power and allows nations to rise and nations to fall, kingdoms to come and kingdoms to go but God's kingdom has no end. Colossians says it like this. The apostle Paul writes to the church about the power and the magnitude of God, that he is omnipotent. He says, By him, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things. He has preeminence over everything. And in Him, all things hold together. He holds everything together. That's the Almighty. That's the all-powerful. And you can't worship Him if you're stuck on your power and your strength. We can worship when we recognize that we don't have to be in control and we need extraordinary help. We can worship Jesus because who He is, that He's omnipotent, all-powerful. Sixthly, I want to encourage you to realize that we can worship Jesus because he is our provider. Mary recognized this when she said, he has filled the hungry with good things. Mary would look towards God as to provide in an extraordinary way. She was of low income, low education, socially in the lower ranks. And she really had to rely as a young mom with a this news of being pregnant and to explain to the community that this was an extraordinary uh, pregnancy, that the biological father is God himself, is not Joseph. She had to rely in many of the ways, like in the Old Testament, the Israelites had to rely on God to supernaturally show up in the wilderness and provide for their needs as they were through, going through the wilderness. We worship Jesus because he is our provider. In in the Hebrew, it's the Jehovah Jireh. He's the one who provides. So whatever you're going through, worship and realize that God is a provider, that God provides for your needs. Here in a little bit, as we close out the message, I'm gonna invite a time for anybody just to share what God's been doing and how he's uh, worked in your life and provided for you in your life. And in the first service, we had... Uh, individuals share about how God was working in their life and providing for them in extraordinary ways that they could only testify it was God. God is a provider, and Mary recognizes that, that she's in need of His provision. Lastly, we see in Mary's song, this is a, a song of praise and adoration, she chooses to worship rather than to worry. We see that we too can worship because He is the fulfillment of prophecy. That means that he's a promise maker and he's a promise keeper. Mary was pretty smart. She knew the scriptures. She says, verse 54, he has, past tense, he has helped his servant Israel. God's got a ferocious love for the people in Israel. A ferocious love, a commitment to his people and says, in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to her fathers, to Abraham, and to his offspring. Specifically, I think she's referring to what's called the Abrahamic covenant covenant in Genesis chapter 12, when God makes a promise to Abraham that he will bless him, and out of his uh, lineage will come the Savior. And Mary recognizes that God is a promise maker and a promise keeper. And two, this is why we can be... Jesus is worthy of our worship, that God keeps His promises, that we can rely on His Word that is true and authoritative. You know, uh, the Gospel of Matthew echoes uh, God as a promise maker and a promise keeper. Uh, When the Gospel writer of Matthew writes this, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. You know, what's so cool about the life of Jesus, um, his birth was a supernatural birth. It was prophesied, predicted, promised it thousands of years before it actually took place that he would be born of a virgin. That's unique, one of a kind. Nobody else has that kind of track record promises and prophecies coming to them. So when Jesus comes to the scene, it's, it's a historical event that took place. All the details of the virgin birth were predicted by the prophet Isaiah. All the details about uh, the location where Jesus were to be born by the prophet Micah. His, his birth, his life, his death, his resurrection, all was uh, foretold by prophets of who he was, what was going to happen, and, 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 all, and even His resurrection. So we see this morning is that we have great reason to worship Jesus, that He is the object of our worship. And so in closing, I'll just give you some practical encouragement on how to worship. I make this acronym through the week. I hope it helps you. Um, but worship means waiting on the Lord for guidance. If you're the servant and he's the master, then you wait on him. Does that make sense? He's the Lord. The word Lord means owner, ruler, master. You are not the Lord. You are, in God's eyes, his servant. Waiting on the Lord for guidance is a mystical experience at times where you're sensing that you need to pause and wait and ask for guidance. You read God's word, yes, but you wait on the Lord. It's a biblical command. Wait on the Lord. Don't always feel like you have to rush ahead in everything. Worship is about waiting sometimes. There's personal worship and then public worship. Waiting on the Lord for guidance is oftentimes a personal matter where you're worshiping privately and you sense that God wants to lead you. He works through your mind Impresses upon your heart, he can do things like that. Secondly, I'd encourage you to, in worship, is offering up your time, your talent, your treasure to him. The Apostle Paul tells the church in Rome that our our whole lives are like living sacrifices and it's pleasing worship to him. Worship is more than just singing, although it is singing, it's offering up your time and the temptation in the midst of your worry, correct me if I'm wrong, is to avoid the worship. And it's to watch more Netflix, it's to watch more Amazon Prime, it's to play a video game, it's to turn to something even more damaging, alcohol, prescriptions, whatever. And the option is, is I can worship through this. More than anything, in those times of anxiousness and worry and anxiety that you may be going through, those sleepless nights, if, if, you, if you struggle with sleeping, I mean, By God's grace, I've been able to sleep eight, nine hours a night in the last couple of years. But there were so many nights, and still I struggle just from anxiety and different things that are going on. And I take those as divine times, maybe to pray or to connect with the Lord in the middle of the night. Meanwhile, my wife is over there sleeping, and she's just like, she's snoring away. Um, Reading God's Word is a means of worship. We can read God's Word, go to His Word, looking to that as the final authority in everything. It's singing to Him in worship with others, singing with people. Martin Luther, the church reformer, uh, talked about in one of his books about how he would go through his house and feel sometimes alone and isolated and like his head was, and his thoughts were just foggy. But when he entered into the place of worship with others, The church and the singing, all that would lift. There's an incredible experience of just singing worship uh, together. It's about humbling ourselves before Him. Pride and arrogance, God doesn't work with that. We will continue to worry. But humility opens itself up for an opportunity for greater revelation of who God is and how He works. Moses was said to be the most humble person. Uh, and he saw God in great magnitude. Humility is a key for worship and worshiping through your worry and inviting the Holy Spirit's help. By that I mean is that you just pause from time to time and whatever circumstance, trials, issue that you're in is just, you you don't have to give an answer for whatever decision that you're faced with or challenge that you come to. You can pause for a moment and just say, you know what, I don't know what the answer is right now. I need some time to think and pray about that. That shows great wisdom. And in that time, you can go to the Lord and say, Lord, I invite the Holy Spirit. He's the third person of the Trinity. I need your help. I want to invite the Holy Spirit to help me with this decision or the struggle that I'm going against. And the Lord loves to help. The Holy Spirit is a helper. And then praying to God, that's just talking to Him. My neighborhood group, who typically uh, uh, this season, it's been really fun. We've had a lot of new believers in my neighborhood group. And they've asked me to help them to pray. How do you pray? And uh, I've encouraged them. You you pray just like you're talking. Imagine you had the best dad in the whole world. You can go to your dad and you say, Dad, this is what I'm going through. I need your help. That's kind of how we can approach God. Just talk to Him. I want to read to you this email about the impact of worship in my friend's life. And he said I could read this to you, but uh, he wrote me about how the power of worship music, singing together on Sunday mornings and just in his car listening to worship music, got him through the hardest times of his life. He said, two years ago, my wife of 44 years passed away. Uh, I experienced by far the greatest pain I've ever known. There was no place to run and no way to deaden the pain. I've tried it. I often tell people that God has used worship to save my life over and over again. Worship has taught me to run to God. It reminds me that He is God and I am not. It reminds me that the God of the universe is crazy about me and He's as close as the air that surrounds my body and I no longer want a relief from my pain. I just want Him. Worship is something that all of us could use more of. I want to encourage you to try something out uh, this coming week as we've just started uploading our worship sets at North Valley. People have asked, man, those songs are cool. I want to sing those. Uh, So we've uploaded them to our YouTube page, our YouTube channel. And I just want to encourage you, worship more, worry less. Worship more, worry less. You can worship God right through the midst of your worries. Well, hey, let me pray, and then I'm going to invite uh, our some of our leaders to come up, and we're going to open up for a time of sharing. Heavenly Father, thank you for the time in Your Word. Thank you that we see Mary is an incredible example of worship. She makes an exchange, gives you her worries, and she's able to worship you. I pray that whatever we're going through, God, that we would choose in faith just to worship all the way through that. Right now, Lord, and, and as we open up this time to share, might you. Uh, reveal in our hearts uh, things to give praise and thanks about what god 's been doing in our lives in Jesus name. amen well hey, this is not scripted or anything um, we do we 're doing this we 've done this spontaneously over the last few weeks so just uh, if you 'd like to share something that god 's been doing in your life, it would really help encourage the church. Just raise your hand and one of our guys will come by and just uh, hold the mic for you to share so I encourage you uh, what 's God been doing in your life and what, what could you share this morning or what god's been doing so just raise your hand right here
0: hi <laughs> um, three three and a half months ago, I took a new job within my company, and I was not super qualified for the job it's a really, really hard job and for the first probably two and a half to almost three months. I tried to do everything I could on my own to make it work, manage the job, manage the, the, the things I needed to do to help people. And it was like a light went off about three to four weeks ago. It must have been something inspired by one of uh, Ryan's messages because that's all I can think of. Um, but it finally dawned on me, hey, you're doing this all on your own when you should just be working for God. You work for God. He gave you this job. Um, he's in, in given you the skills to do this job, but you're not relying on him. You're not relying on God to do the to let him work through you. And when I finally did that, and I finally began praying every morning, um, you know, God help me through my day. Show me what I need to do. It has been so, so much easier. Um Uh, he's just been there to to guide me and direct me and it's all because I relied on him for that and then um, this morning Pastor Ryan said you know uh, give us something about how God provides for you well um, when we uh, started tithing um, our bills didn't go away our finances didn't increase but somehow Um, God made it possible for us to meet every bill and have a little money left over, which we didn't have before. So God's not returning our tithe a hundredfold yet, but he is blessing us and teaching us that because we're obeying him through tithe to the church, that he's honoring that and blessing that. So I thank God for all that.
1: Yeah, so so exciting. It's good. Thank you for sharing, Dave. Somebody else, share what God's been doing in your life. This is good. That's so cool. A lot of people in the first service said things are very similar. What's God been doing? Right over here. Yeah. Keep your hand. There you go. Thanks.
2: Oh, you know what? Okay. Hi, um, I'm Christina. I like to share, but I haven't shared in a long time. I feel like I've been more shy about that. But I just want to share that we've um, had our house up for sale, and um, it's been a long journey. And it finally sold, and we had the inspection on Tuesday, and we've been waiting. Um, Today was their last day that they could come back, and we thought, why would they wait every day, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday? So this morning we woke up, and we got their report, and it was good. And so just praise God this morning that we waited, and I feel like we worshiped through the waiting as Um, pretty well but so hopefully we'll get moved before the baby comes and I think a big thing that helped um, all of this was just our hearts in it we've been through some tough seasons right now and with I guess with tithing that comes with that and we kind of talked about what we would do with the money and I think just coming to that agreement um, and knowing that what we want to give from the sale of our house is really made me feel like the Lord's helped me get through that, and now it's all coming together this morning. So thank you.
1: That's really cool. cool. One more. That's good to hear. What's God been doing in your life? Somebody else want to share? It's important to share because it identifies and tells you that you're not alone, you know? We go through a lot right here. Yeah, Ryan, awesome. This guy's in my neighborhood group. He was at the game. He's seen Sam dress up like Pirate. Yeah, that's cool. Well, mine's recent, and uh, just last night, as a matter of fact, just an attestment to worship. Um, I was coming home from California with my son, and it was it was about midnight-ish. We were driving home, and I just couldn't stay awake anymore. And it was funny because uh, I downloaded that 100 songs of the greatest worship from uh, some music thing, and I was playing it on my phone through the speakers. And uh, my son had already fallen asleep, and, and I just couldn't stay awake anymore. But that came on, and it got me through that last hour and just brought me home. And it was just so cool to sing that praise and worship and get home safely, and I'm thankful. Yeah, amen. Thank you. That, that drive on I-10 is a lonely, long highway. Yeah, let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, we thank you um, You're excited because we're more interested in worship this morning. And uh, Lord, we thank you for that. And we we pray that we'll sing with great uh, strength, God, and celebrate how good you are. And Lord, as we look to you in communion time and seeing you as our provider and our sustainer, uh, Lord, we thank you for your great graces. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank
0: you for listening. To become a supporter of North Valley Community Church, give online today at northvalleychurch.org.